Hi, welcome to Living in a Material World, and I'm your host, David Prada. Today, our guests are founder of Wonder Valley, an iconic brand, husband and wife team, Allison and Jay Carroll. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy. Now you guys are in Joshua Tree, but you spend most of your time on both coasts. So I want all of our viewers to know a little bit about your lifestyle and what's been going on in the world of Wonder Valley in the last year or so. Yeah, I'm originally from Maine. We've lived in California over 10 years, I guess. But we have a house that we're renovating on this small island off the coast of Portland in Maine. So we've been spending, I'd say, six months working on that. And the other half of the year, we're in beautiful Joshua Tree, which coincidentally is the region that's fired the brand and is kind of the namesake of the brand, Wonder Valley. It's an unincorporated region, probably 20 miles east of here. It's like a beautiful part of the desert. Joshua Tree is exquisite. I was fortunate to live close by to you guys during the pandemic. That's right. Yeah, it was nice being neighbors. I know. It was an incredible experience. And I know someday I need to have a place there just because it's where I can regenerate and I think straight and I come up with so many great ideas when I'm in the desert. It's just so inspiring there. And I love your lifestyle so much and the culture you've created with the brand. Can you tell our listeners how the brand started and how it all came about over the last many years? Sure. The brand started in 2014. We had been living in the Bay Area, and I had a role as the marketing director of the California Olive Oil Council, a wonderful nonprofit in Berkeley that acts as an industry advocate for all of the California olive oil producers, which there's 400 plus of us. It also does an annual certification program, making sure things are, in fact, extra virgin grade. And how you do that is through a professional taste panel. We were the only one it's in North. Cool. Yeah, we were the only one in North America. There's counterparts in Europe, in Australia, and it was a really immersive experience for me. I got to learn all the ins and outs and kind of cannonballed into this world of olive oil. But and tell them about the taste panel. The taste panel is amazing. So every week. About 12 to 15 professional olive oil tasters would come in and I would conduct a blind tasting with them, which were these beautiful little blue glasses that we would pour olive oil in and they would have about four to 10 to taste on a given day. They would blindly taste them and analyze the different properties and really you're looking for, is there anything wrong with it? Extra virgin means that it's free of defects. There's 11 defects that we are primarily looking for. And to a trained palate, those smell and taste really different. And so it's really fascinating because like being a sommelier, you're evaluating this thing and you're looking for the positives, but you can also go back if there's negatives present and tell that farmer, hey, you picked your fruit too late, or it tastes like there was a frost occurred, or maybe you didn't clean your milling equipment so great. And so like you can taste those things in oil and diagnose problems and fine tune. And it felt like this really incredible community of farmers and olive oil growers and makers. And I felt really privileged to have such great mentorship from that time. And it was Jay's idea that we should start our own. Wonder Valley was born in our guest bedroom. At- well, yeah, we moved to LA and it was just like, how can you keep attached to this industry that you just had such a good time working in and meeting all the people you met and you know, it just made sense. I, you know, happened to be working for, at the time when we moved to LA, I was worked in fashion for a long time, but then moved kind of to on branding projects for different brands, consulting and stuff like that. It just made sense. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And I think 
the the fun part of it is like we had a lot of fun starting it. Mm-hmm. It's like we all these other projects I was doing were so serious and had you know investment and like eighteen months go to market processes and things like that. But this was just like how can we just have fun doing this? And we just made a beautiful bottle. weren't thinking too much about like how it was going to work. We kind of believe that if we just put some love into it, it would all come out in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> it would all work out. <laughs> it's true. And like we wanted to, the goal was like, we really got to get people talking about California olive oil. Like this is incredible. People are going to great lengths to, the council is a voluntary program. Like that means that all of these olive oil producers are voluntarily having their oil analyzed to make sure that is it is in fact extra virgin grade, like going to great strides to have transparency and quality control. We just wanted to get people to experience California olive oil. Yeah, it felt a little under-celebrated at the time. And we just wanted to kind of package it in a way that we could tell the story of the history of olive oil and its benefits and all this stuff in a way that wasn't being told to at least our generation at the time. So that was kind of the goal is to really capture a new audience, celebrate the power of olive oil, do it in a beautiful way. We kind of took our sweet time doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And how did this amazing packaging and branding come about? Because everyone talks about it. Someone asked me recently, is it Allison on the bottle? And I was like... And I was like, I don't know. Should I ask Jay if that was the inspiration? <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little secret that not many people know. It's actually me on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know from these clothes, but. Wow. It was also 10 years ago. It was a different time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man knows how to old, hold an olive branch. <laughs> That's how he got you, huh? <laughs> How did it all transpire? Because everyone, what I love most about the product and the packaging and everything is no one has done it this way before. I've been in the industry for many years, and I think it was refreshing to meet the both of you and to experience kind of like what you guys had developed together. And I kind of feel both of your energy when I look at the products. I can feel both of your personalities. What I loved most about it is I hadn't seen anything quite like it before. How did that process happen? How did you guys decide to put this amazing siren on the cover? Well, first, thank you. That's great to hear. Out in the desert, we work a little bit in a vacuum, so we don't get a ton of feedback. (laughs) It it felt new. I think we approach everything with the idea that we try to marry, you know, the goal is to create something that's at once familiar and at the same time inherently new and altogether timeless. A lot of thinking goes behind that. And I think we reference, we pulled together a wide list of references of, of things from ancient apothecaries, more modern design elements, and just kind of try to find in our best way we can, like a harmonious balance between the two to create something that's new and interesting. It does feel very nostalgic when I look at it. I feel like I've seen it in my past lives in another world. And so I love that about it because it just transports me all over. Some people, when someone's like, it's a California brand, I'm like, I don't know. It's a global brand. I feel it wherever I can go. I can see it. And we even, there's stores in France that want to carry the products and olive oil and everything. So you're kind of building this amazing brand that's going global very soon. I feel your energy of your lifestyle. What I love most is you have this like simplified grandeur lifestyle that you both live. And I think what I love watching and spending time with you is like 
just how you serve tea and how you serve breakfast and how you serve lunch and how you have like gorgeous little hors d'oeuvres when people come over. It's like, was this an innate quality that you automatically had or is it something you've learned through the years how to like be such great hosts? I learned a lot meeting Jay, to be honest. I came out to California and fell in love with him and moved in with him and there was such consideration for the world he surrounds himself in that I hadn't experienced elsewhere. Like his eye and his taste transcended the fashion world he worked in. Like he was obviously incredibly well-dressed and always smelled great and looked great, but oh, you know, it, blushing. I love that. It went down <laughs> to like the little toiletries he kept in his bathroom and the music that would play and the scent that would be on and the record that we would be playing in the morning. Like every little detail was considered and, it was such a beautiful world that I found myself in being with him. And I think that's, I learned a lot on like how we keep a home and how we host through those experiences together. And I, we try to think about that, even though our brand's so digital, like how we can make it a pretty immersive experience and hopefully make people feel like they're being invited into our home a little bit. Yeah. I think too, part of it was as the brand was forming and materializing at the same time, we were moving out here from Los Angeles and we made a conscious effort when we came out here to just simplify. I'm from Maine. I've been a collector most of my life. It kind of comes with the territory, I feel like, coming from New England. <laughs> You're just like, you know what I mean? Everyone's an addict, loves sweaters and stuff. Yeah, you inherit the past and you love it. And I still love it. And I'm obsessed with it. But it, it hit a point where I was just kind of controlling our lives in a way that wasn't necessary. Yes. <laughs> so, so we looked to the desert as a way to kind of reset and refresh and rethink all that stuff. And we got rid of, I'd say, like 80% of the stuff that we owned at the time. And with that, the parallel to that with the brand is we had this phrase that applied to just our general way of thinking about stuff, which was grandeur and simplified living. Like we want less, but we want those items to be really special and really considered and beautiful and just work for the purpose. Oh my God, you just inspired me to go back. When I get back home, I need to do the same because I'm from New England and I just moved after 13 years and I moved into this house and I'm like... I've collected so many rugs, so many antiques, so many things from my travels. And it's like, it's kind of borderline hoarder, but with taste. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And I looked at Dennis and I said, I'll be back. And it's going to be a few weeks of like really getting rid of stuff. The tasteful hoarder. That's totally what it is. Isn't it? Tasteful hoarder is what I am. And I was like, oh, the girls in the office are going to love all the stuff I'm going to be able to give to them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's the good part is when you find people that give them happy new homes for all your beloved things. I think for us, the exercise was we bought this place in the desert um, in 2015, and I had totally unrealistic expectations like, oh, no, we just want to paint. It'll be fine. And Jay's like, we're not going to be in this for like a year or two. Like, this is a really major. Yeah, we brought back to the studs. Really major job we had. And he had the foresight to think ahead and we quickly found an impulsive purchase on craigslist we bought this beautiful 34 foot vintage trailer that we parked next to the house it's, and hooked it up to the electric and water and everything and we lived in it for 13 months while we yeah. worked on the house and if you've been in a trailer you know you get like a locker's worth of a closet and that really is a good exercise you're like okay what are the most favorite items i love to wear that just make me feel me right what's okay i have this much kitchen like 
It has to be the best salt and olive oil and like sharp knives and really clean cutting boards. Like what can make me feel really happy? The linens have to be so comfortable and everything just has to sing so I can feel good in this small space. And then once you get back to all the possessions you had in storage, you're like, I don't really need these. I didn't think about that. And I didn't miss you. I'm okay without you. But the ones we thought about, we definitely kept. So just put your stuff in storage is what I'm saying for a long time and see what you miss. Yeah, you actually, you're right. You don't miss much. You like realize like there's only a few things. I actually use this much clothing out of my closet that I love every day that I travel with. I travel with a little suitcase. Everyone's always amazed. And I'm never like missing anything when I'm on the road. I'm amazed by that. I have a hard time packing. You have a hard time packing. (laughs) No, my other half like needs his like looks. And so like those looks take up like a lot of suitcases of stuff. But then when he's like looking fabulous, I'm like, oh, I'm just wearing a black t-shirt and a pair of shorts. Uh... (laughs) When did you guys decide from olive oil, let's transition and start making some skincare and body care? Honestly, it was pretty early on in my olive oil time at the council that I started learning about like face oils and oil-based skincare start really becoming into the stores I would shop at. And it was really rode in. That was my first access point to oils. And and how cool is she? And how cool is she? And like, it was really transformative. Like, cause it goes against everything we grew up on in the nineties. The whole point was to get oils off your skin as aggressively as possible. And so you're like, really, I should put it on. Is that you sure? <laughs> it was transformative for my skin personally. Like I am not someone who had the gift of good skincare genes growing up. I spent most of my high school years in a dermatology office, just microdermabrasing and chemical peeling and birth controlling any, my way to like clear skin. And it just caused more pain. And it really was like adjusting, like taking out the foods that were causing me inflammation. And remember oxy pads, yeah, oxy pads, remember pore strips? pore strips and like that apricot scrub. That's just like glass. <laughs> St. Ives. Was it yes. Ives? Yes. Oh. Why are we doing that? I, I had St. Ives oxy. And then I had this little zit cream and I would just put it on everywhere. It was like the worst. And then I'd be so dried out. You'd be so dry and red and inflamed and like your microbiome's just like, bye, I'm gone, I'm dead. (laughs) My fancier friends that came from like a little bit more affluent families than I did, they had the keels like that blue astringent. And I was like, what's this? And so of course I had to like buy it. And then that dried out my skin even worse. And I just knew I needed oils myself in order to stay like without breaking out. The oils actually help balance my skin. I think also it was a time that I like caked on makeup to like hide all the problems. So you're just making this like occlusive layer that like no breathing (laughs) is happening for your skin. Okay. I can't wait. Next time I come over, you're breaking out those pictures. I want to (laughs) see. Oh my God. Just have like a nice little before and after. It'll look like a proactive commercial. That'll be what our next campaign is. (laughs) I started just tinkering with skincare at home and formulating my own version of a face oil based on my own botanical research and learning what plant oils might benefit the specific skincare issues I was struggling with. And that kind of was how our face oil was born. It's not that dissimilar from the original formulation I had. And at the time, we had, I think, just opened our shop in Joshua Tree. 
like three or four years ago. And we started selling the face oil there first. Mm -hmm. And just to see how people felt like, is this going to alienate our audience that knows us for this culinary product and this edible product? And now we're using it for a skincare topical product. Like, how's that going to go over? Instead, I think we found it was amazing because we can open up this whole holistic conversation of, well, you need to think about your diet if you're going to think about your skincare and your skin health and balance. Like you need to have conversations of the importance of internal health too, because this is an outward reflection of that is essentially what our skin is. And it really like just cannonballed Mm -hmm. the process of wanting to develop a skincare line as well. Yeah. We just got sort of more and more fascinated with delving deeper into the history of olive oil and its use and its benefits and just applied that to skincare line that's now growing. Like it really is one of the oldest beauty ingredients, like Queen's Pharaohs, like that's what they put on their skin. Olympians shaved with it. Like it really, it's ageless. And so I think like our siren, you were asking about the branding, like our siren is meant to be like a nod to the old world roots that were lucky to participate in like being an olive oil brand like it's one of the oldest industries i love it you know i'm half sicilian so i grew up with my nonna who only cooked and moisturized her hair and face and body with olive oil i could smell the olive oil on her Mm, yeah yeah nonna (laughs) she would be like sun drying her tomatoes outside of the porch and she'd get olive oil i'd see her finish using it and rubbing it all over her skin And it was just so interesting. And it's like, then I I read articles that Sophia Loren only used olive oil and famous actresses from Italy, like Lola Brigida, she only used olive oil. So I was like fascinated because not only was it great for food, but it's also part of a whole lifestyle that's for many years. And I think I love how you've created now your own lifestyle that your community just is obsessed with all of the things that you guys create. Because on your website, not only is there wonderful product and also olive oil but you have robes and you have accessories and puzzles and things that actually I love it because it's like I feel like your lifestyle is really part of the brand and I feel like you can feel it because you want to have a puzzle on your table and put it together you want the Wonder Valley olive oil in the kitchen you want all the Wonder Valley in your bathroom so I just love how it's like kind of become your lifestyle you're at the love of both of your energy you guys love each other so much the love that you guys have put in this product is really coming across to the consumer which is what i love most because i can see when someone grabs the product they smile and when you see that and it is your energy that you put into it and i really love that your lifestyle which is both east and west coast is really kind of transforming the brand on its own yeah thank you i mean everything we make definitely comes out of things that we use from the notebook to the puzzle. It's just like, I think half the conversations of things we make come from like, we need to make this, we use this. Why not like put this, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes there's hesitation, just like, well, we're focused on skincare and olive oil. Does that like, make sense? Does that make sense to make a puzzle? And we're like, let's just do it. <laughs> totally. I always love a puzzle during the holidays. So this time of year is like my favorite time to have a puzzle on my dining room table. Cause it, there's some quiet time. And so I can sit down with like a little cocktail or a tea or a coffee, depending on the time of the day, and I can just work on it. And it's always the goal to get it done by the first. It felt appropriate for the pandemic too. Plenty of puzzle time. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So tell us what you're working on for 2022. We're working on a lot. And I think like, 
The only limitation is like the fact that it's just a couple of us that are trying to make it all. <laughs> we have big aspirations. I think the things that are probably ready to talk about are... Hair care. Oh, yeah, hair care. There's a lot of hair care coming out. We've been working on this a long time and just trying to do it right because we'd love to do it once and just have it be right and perfect. <laughs> but you know how that goes. But yeah, we're working on shampoo and conditioner and a body wash. And the hair oil. I mean, we're lucky because olive oil is just this like elemental ingredient that works in so many applications. And so yeah. it's opened up a lot of new ideas and products for us. Mm-hmm. What about the mud? Let's talk about that mud. Hold on to your hats. We're going to tell you guys about a new product. It'll be coming out hopefully in January, but we're going to be releasing a mud mask, a facial mud mask. And what makes this very special is that the key ingredient is a byproduct of our olive oil harvest. Yeah. While at the mill, when we go up there for harvest, it's this really beautiful mill in Lake County. And the machine itself is so just to me fascinating to watch. Like right from the harvest, within minutes of the guys pulling the fruit off the trees, right there, they dump the buckets into the mill. Every step you can watch, and it's just this big blue, beautiful Italian milling machine. It's just so cool. It's got this great Italian name branded on it. I'm just like you watch it go from that the fruit to like this muddy pulpy stuff and then that gets refined even more and at the end there's this big beautiful looks like a machine from a muscle car like it looks like the engine of a muscle car it's sexy and it's like got this green golden beautiful oil just pouring out of it into the buckets and you're just like oh it's amazing but through that process we noticed our miller i'm like wow you have the most beautiful skin (laughs) it's also when you're in an olive oil mill for most of us, we we'll want to cough all the time because there's just this mist of olive particles and they're so spicy and peppery and bright. And like, it's just coating your skin and coating your throat. It's like, I feel like he's got 10 more years on his life than the rest of us just by working in that room. But through that, you know, we're just talking with him and we realized through the process, there's this very unique byproduct through one of the steps. The last one. Yeah, where the yield is very small. And basically you get this really refined product of the olive that we've integrated into a product that I don't know if it's ever been used before. It's taken a lot of formulation to get it right. The pure stuff out of the thing is so great, but of course it's not shelf stable. So we took our time formulating it to get it stable and with all natural components. So we're really proud of it. It should launch next week. The packaging's really Next beautiful. week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it should be next week. next month (laughs) and it's cool because it's like what we get from the trees is what we'll make like this will be a very limited product and we're processing tons of olives and you get maybe a gallon of this raw material like it is so limited it's gonna be a limited product so concentrated with antioxidants and it's just incredible both will extract all of the impurities out of your skin while not stripping your skin and feeling that dehydrated feel you can have from a clay mask sometimes. So it's going to be special. How long would you leave it on? Do you just like put it on? You can like leave it on for 15, 20 minutes, an hour. It's five to 10 minutes. You'll start to see that it'll dry and you'll see like a visible transformation from kind of an olivey brown color to a paler shade. So it will, it'll show you when it's dry and ready. And then it's easy just to remove with water or washcloth. 
Oh, wow. That's great. I'm so excited. I love a good mask. Yeah. You're going to have such soft skin. Whenever we do it, I just love it. Mm -hmm. That's great. I just want to go sit in a room with particles of olives, like, all over my face. (laughs) I know. I mean, that's, yeah. I was like, why hasn't a spa done that yet? (laughs) Yeah, right? That's my kind of spa. There's just, like, dudes in jumpsuits processing olives (laughs) in the background, and you're just reading a magazine. (laughs) It's so loud. You're like, this is so relaxing. Yeah. Get our farmer to like get an olive branch and whip your back with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. What is in the world of Wonder Valley during the holidays? What do you guys do? What is your kind of your ritual as a family? We cook a lot. That's what we do. We cook a lot. We cook a lot and we do hard, difficult, all day cooking processes that are fun. Like we'll make ravioli from scratch or we'll make bread all day. Or last year we imported a ton of crab because we were really missing seafood in Maine. And so we had this kind of crab fest. We made crab pasta and crab fried rice and it was amazing. But kind of just rolling with it. I mean, who has rituals with the pandemic? Just kind of doing what you can. And We usually try to go out east and enjoy like a snowy Christmas, but... I'm hoping we'll do something for New Year's because it'll be me and Jay's 10 years together. That's right. Wow. A decade. A decade. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. So you guys are going to be celebrating in the desert the holidays. Mm -hmm. Yep, we'll be here. It's not bad. It actually uh, snowed here the other day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was like a 12-hour rainstorm, and at nighttime it got colder and we got dusted. Oh, I love that. I love waking up in the desert to like a little layer of snow. Yeah. Yeah, it's still on the ridgeline out there. Ah, so magical. Well, I love it all. We're getting so much water in California, so that's great. Yeah, we'll take it. so good. So good. It was like Dennis called me because I left when the the rainstorm started. He's like, our backyard is flooded. What do I do? And I was like, oh, God, I think you should just make sure our sprinkler system is off and make sure, like, not to let the dogs into the puddle of water. (laughs) 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 I was like, I'll be home on Saturday. I'll figure it out. No, we're actually going to have a very quiet holiday. Like, I know that my family wanted me to come out to Connecticut and stay out here for a week. But it's just like after a pandemic, it's so nice to just like spend it with your significant other and make it special. And I love cooking all day. And I love just chilling in comfy clothes and watching, like listening to good music. And then we pick one movie at the end of the day to relax and watch together. And Yeah, that's exactly it. It's about just shutting off, you know? Yeah. And I think like books, movies, cooking, and like not getting out of your bedtime clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's up? So into all of that. I do want to talk about your six months in Maine and your new place in Maine because that was like so fun to watch on your stories and like so inspiring that you guys do all the work. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my god, there's sanding floors. Oh my god! I was like, I need to like really learn how to use a floor sanding machine. <laughs> Oh, we'll get this. We we did it wrong the first time, so we actually had to do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that took a lot out of us. I think the first time when we did this, we sort of had the liberty of time. And now, you know, Wonder Valley is what it is. And it was really fun and really rewarding. But man, it was a, it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a different pace six years ago when we did Joshua Tree. The saving grace was it's we have a little beach out front. It's right on the water on this beautiful small cove where there's a working waterfront. So there's maybe 15 commercial fishing boats. People do lobstering, you know, right out front. So we call it Harbor TV. You're just constantly watching what's going on there. 
And it's amazing. And there's like a lobster restaurant at the point, the end that you see, and you get to know the neighbors. It's really intimate and the water's super clear. So we basically took swimming breaks like a couple of times a day. And, you know, we'd be working on the house and look out through the front windows and lefty would be swimming out there on his own. <laughs> so it's so idyllic in that way. It's so beautiful. And I grew up going to this island. So it's a really special place. And Al and I have been going there every summer for close to 10 years now. And the best part was we got a little wooden boat named Kiwi. Yeah. And so <laughs> we had sold Jay's truck before we left for the summer and took all that cash and just bought a little wooden boat from a friend of a friend. And it was so perfect. And because it was just the small wooden skiff, we were able just to, I'm going to use all the wrong nautical terms. We're going to tie it to a rope, <laughs> tie that to a pole. <laughs> Leash, mooring, what is it? Yeah, we basically have a line that like attaches to a piece of rebar that's in the beach. You know, you have a pulley system so you can have the boat right there on the beach, which is great. It takes two minutes just to hop in a boat and go. And the nice part about working on the East Coast when you're in West Coast-based business is the mornings. Like no inbox notifications until noon. Everyone's sleeping. It's amazing. It's so amazing. It's amazing. You like wake up early. Like I've, this is a gift. Every day is like a snow day. Like no one's bugging me. <laughs> not to mention the sun comes up there at four in the morning and there's, there's no not getting up. Yeah, you're like, I feel like a superhero. I'm just up early and I have so much time. And so we would swim, we'd go on the boat, we would do house projects. And then around noon, we'd be working with our team and pretty online. So days were definitely full during the summer, but You just can't beat New England summers. It's so special. Just get that salt water drying on your body all the time. Mm -hmm. Sun-kissed. Don't they call it vacation land, Maine? Isn't Maine called the vacation land state or something? Yeah, Yeah, vacation land. I grew grew up, my parents, we we were fortunate. We had, for a few summers, we had a little cottage in a gunkwit. Oh, yeah. We would spend a lot of time. And then my brother went to University of Maine in Orono. Maine was a very important part of my life growing up and also a lot of my college friends grew up in Maine and I still have one of my best girlfriends that lives in Portland and so yeah when she moved back she started working for like Allagash beer and when it first started and I she would me cases of Allagash white for the summer for free and I was like oh my god and when she left that job I was so sad <laughs> David David that was my dream when I lived in Portland when I was like 22 I lived in Portland and I worked for Geary's, which was another beer company across the street. And I was full on like Laverne and Shirley putting the bottles into the thing, off the thing all day, you know? It was great because you got every day you got to take home a case of beer. A case of beer. How's <laughs> a- your benefits? It's amazing. And when you're that age, a case of beer is just such a savings. And you're like, I, this job is the best job ever. Totally. My roommate worked there too. We'd stack them in the closet and then have a big blowout party and basically pay the rent once a month with it. Real scrappy style, real main ingenuity there. (laughs) But my aspiration at the time was to work at Allagash, which was across the street. That's the place to work. (laughs) That's the beer you want. I loved it. And so she always had the coolest like friends that were like all beer experts that when I had much more time, when I didn't start my company, I was working for other companies. I would be able to like shut down and go up to Maine for a few weeks. It was awesome. It was so good. I love it. I miss it. I haven't been up in Maine in a really long time. And Dennis has never been to 
anywhere else besides Boston and New England and in Connecticut where my parents are from. So he's never been to Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. I'm like, <gasps> what do you mean? See yeah, you in the summer. Come up this summer. <laughs> yeah. We'll show you around. Yeah. He's never even been to the Cape or Nantucket. I'm like, but he's been to Thailand and Greece. And like, I'm like, so weird. <laughs> yeah. You got to check out P-Town too. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're definitely coming this summer for sure. When we go on vacation from Maine in the summer, we go to P-Town. <laughs> like the only other place worth going to in the summer for us. <laughs> yeah. I actually like it when it's not too crazy, but like I really love P-Town in the fall too. Like when I lived in New York, Halloween in P-Town is a blast. And Yep, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's so good. So it's beautiful. Such a, like I love it there. Mm-hmm. Good memories there too. Yeah, but come up this summer. Yeah, we definitely will. So if there's anyone out there that is wanting to create their own brand, what are your words of wisdom to them? Since you both have so many, so much experience from so many different backgrounds and Jay's background in fashion. And what are your words for young entrepreneurs that are just starting out? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the best advice, but the stuff that works for us, just like find your world, what appeals to you. You know, there's so much to pull from these days, right? A lot of people go to the same watering hole. And I think there's a lot of just repetitiveness. Yeah. Just like homogeny and stuff in the market where there's a lot of great things too. I'm not trying to knock it, but it's, I think it's easy to fall prey to like, this is working for someone else. Let me make a replica of that. I think just having your own point of view developed through your own general heart-led interest and just delving deep into that and really believing in that, even if it feels like the wrong answer, is what's kind of worked for us on, you know, time and time again. This worked for me in the past too, where it's like, you got to do the first one on your own. If you're looking to just find, I think, funding or someone to hire you to do something, I just feel like the best way to do it is to proof a concept. Even if it's on a small scale, just showing that you actually, even to yourself, can have the wherewithal to develop something and make something speaks louder than any other pitch deck or fundraising or anything like that you can do. And I think all the tools are there now in a much bigger way than when we started to facilitate that. It's really inspiring. I would say that it's never been easier to be a small business owner. There's so much emerging technology that's to our favor where making a website's very easy. There's resources. There's It's easy to figure out solutions in a way that was expensive, long, long-winded processes. So I certainly dealt with imposter syndrome and feeling like I need to know more to arrive to a place before I start this. Who am I to make a skincare line? I'm not an esthetician. I'm not a chemist. If you have something to say, just figure out how to say it and just start putting one foot in front of the other and it'll flow is how I feel. I think we both believe that joy and prosperity go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I think for us, it's been really beneficial living in a lower cost of living, quiet place to live. I think it's been easier for us to put up blinders from and distraction and just kind of focus on creating in this place. I think you feel that when you come to Joshua Tree, the recharge that you can have. It's it's interesting. It's like we we were attracted to this when we would come visit from San Francisco and LA when we lived there. And it was just this amazing head clearer, this like mental declutterer. It was really the catalyst how the brand started. You know, you're like induced into a meditative state when you come out here, especially Wonder Valley, where it's that vast oceanic, nothing's around, you can see everything coming type of desert. We really were inspired by that, where it was just the head clearer and the, the great leveler. 
And so that was sort of where we were like, we want to kind of celebrate this feeling and this level of inspiration. That's why we named the brand Wonder Valley. It's still a place we go to a lot. Speaking of Wonder Valley, so the place we first went to out there was our friend, artist, Jack Pearson's compound. This really great guy I actually met in P-Town years ago, who's a big celebrated artist, photographer, fine artist. And his compound out there was just so inspirational to us. It's just such a unique experience, like the way he set up his house, his collection of things. It was just, and it was this little oasis with like a pool and a guest house and in the middle of Wonder Valley, that vast nothingness. And we were incredibly inspired by that and just going there and being there. But Jack actually did, we do these big bottles of olive oil each year. They're 750 milliliter, twice the size of our normal one. And each year we collaborate with a different artist. Last year was Justin Lowe and Jonah Freeman, the large scale installation artists who are friends of ours, which they did a great label for us. And, and this year we're really excited to have Jack doing a label. That should hopefully come out next week. Next week yeah. That's a next week. That's one. a next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's next week. Great. Perfect. I love that because that's like full circle because it, you created the brand because of his home and spending time there. I remember you telling me the story when you left Maine and you went out to his house and it was such an inspiring, like kind of like story that I was like, wow. And you know, the first time I did go to Joshua Tree, it was the first time I like had silence and like my mind had peace. And the vortex there is such a special vortex. There's very few places in the world that have that kind of special energy where you can really think clearly and actually have that time for yourself. Yeah, the nature here is paramount and undeniable. It's like slaps you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. Every episode before I wrap it up, I do a rapid fire question for our guests. And so I love asking everybody, you know, I'm going to start off with a few questions. Tiny living. Could you do it? No, no, no. <laughs> you did it when you guys were building the house or fixing the house. Been there, done that. Don't want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a neutrals or colors person? Are they different? <laughs> I mean, I guess colors because orange is my favorite color. Yeah, colors. So colors. I love orange. That's one of my favorite colors, too. It's a happy color. It's such a great color. What's your favorite vacation spot? Japan. I love that. Do you guys have a favorite quote? This one we have on our wall in our bedroom that we look at every day. From 1932, Scott Nearing, who wrote The Good Life, simplify and order life, plan ahead, follow the line resolutely, eliminate non-essential things, keep distractions to a minimum, live day by day, by bread labor, with people, establishing worthwhile contacts, do research and follow trends, write, lecture, and teach, keep in close contact with the class struggle, acquire an understanding of basic and cosmic forces, gradually uniting together a unified, integrated, poised personality that is constantly learning and growing. I love that. That's amazing. Okay, I'm going to ask a few more. What is one thing you can't stand? Semi-trucks. Yeah, totally. We drive cross-country twice a year. And I'm just like, man, why can't those just be a train? You should be a train. <laughs> they should always be trains. I agree. And every accident we almost get into involves the semi-truck. Oh, man. What is your favorite meal of the day? I mean, Breakfast on a weekend, dinner during weekdays. Yeah. And finally, do you prefer a bath or a shower? Bath. bath. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. 
Thank you guys so much for being on our show today. It was really inspiring. You guys are both so amazing. Your lifestyle, and I really appreciate you guys sharing. Thank you yeah, so thank much. You. Thank you again for joining us on Living in a Materia World. We hope you enjoyed this episode very much. For more incredible content, visit us on Materia.com or follow us on social media at Materia.